people with your host, Dennis Beard. The work of the ministry in the last days. Few there be that find it. The Lord sets straight as the gate and narrow the way, leadeth to life, and few there be that find it. This straight gate, narrow way, is the Lord Jesus Christ himself, the Word of God. There are four different levels in the sealing process in growing up into Jesus in all things. The first, of course, is newborn babes, and everyone must be born again. But as we grow, then there are various crossroads, and we must obey all the scriptures, lest one scripture slip any of us. We would seem to come short of entering into his rest. Never remaineth the rest to the people of God. An eternal Sabbath, sabbatico, an eternal rest. If Jesus had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day. He said the time is coming and now is when those that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. It's a progressive. It's progressive as the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day. The ones that are in the truth, the ones that are in the true revelation of Jesus Christ, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Know that these things must happen. Tribulation worketh patience. Patience worketh experience. And experience worketh hope. Hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. It is literally a, a, an act of futility to think that a person that loves God with all of his heart can go out there and preach the real Jesus and not suffer persecution and tribulation. In the last days, this will be greatly accelerated because it states there that we will be troubled on every side, but not in distress, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed, always bearing about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of the Lord Jesus may be manifest in our mortal bodies. For we which live are always delivered unto death, that the life of the Lord Jesus may be made manifest in our mortal bodies. And this light affliction, which is only but for a moment, worketh for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. The glory of the Lord is only through tribulation and persecution that we endure for his name's sake. We're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer for his name's sake. And there will be false brethren, there will be those that claim to be lovers of the truth. But in reality, they are deceitful bows. Their heart is far from God. They will seek to literally bring down the truth, even though they say they love God, but in works they deny him. So we want to be careful, give diligently to seek the Lord our God, diligence, they are to seek the true Jesus, the real God, God Almighty, and the revelation of Jesus. As we grow up into him, there will be more and more crossroads, and the gate will get straighter and more narrow as we come to the end of all things, the consummation of all things. And why is this? Because the word of God is line upon line. Line upon line, precept upon precept, 
precept upon precept, here little, there little. For the believer, it's growing up into him in all things. But to those, it's set as a snare for those whose heart is not right with God, as a trap, and they will be snared by the word of God. So when you see collateral damage, you see those that you thought were real and true, and uh, Joab Amasa in the back, stabbed there in the fifth rib, claiming to be a friend, will be encouraged when they speak all manner of evil against you and uh, railings against you. Leap for joy. Be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. The real true Jesus is being revealed now. It's not a Pentecostal latter former reign, but the latter reign of the Holy Ghost. The former reign was a moderate reign. We've been in that for over 2,000 years. But God has now shifted gears. It's a higher glory. And when he does, there's a stop to the former as he changes to the, the new, the latter. In other words, the priest in the sanctuary, in the holy place, they leave that sanctuary. And on the Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, only one, the high priest, goes through all the way within the veil there to offer for the people the sacrifice that he makes there for himself as well as the people there for one year and then there's a remembrance again of, again of those sins because it's impossible that the blood of bulls and goats should wash away or take away sins. But when Jesus came, our great high priest, by one offering of himself, has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Sanctification then is essential that we present our bodies a living sacrifice Holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, for each individual member is a specific calling of God on each individual member. And it's our quest for life to find out what that call is, and in obedience, do it. And as we yield our members as servants to righteousness, obedience unto righteousness, then the Lord will say, well, please, enter thou into the joy of the Lord, or well done, thou good and faithful servant. But the ones that do not, the ones that do not go on, stay as little babes, newborn babes desire, then sincerely muckle the word. And they go to little children, they know the father but the children in the kingdom will be cast out. We must come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ into all truth, knowing all things. And this is where we are now. We're in the third day, and it's in the third day that the Lord will raise us up and we will live in his sight. Now we're going to young men. Those are the ones that in Revelation the second and third chapter, I will hear the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they obey it. And the ones that do keep the sayings of the book of this prophecy will be overcomers. And he says 
and states in Revelation, the second and third chapter, what these overcomers will do. We are at that stage now. We're not in Pentecost anymore. The season has far been gone past, and we're now in the season of tabernacles. The last day, glory that will be revealed in the saints of the Lord Jesus Christ. We will see that in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5, that John states that there's a door open in heaven and a voice of a trumpet talking with him. That's a, that's a voice of the Lord. Jesus stated, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice, now the thing that's needed greater than ever before is for the saints, ministers, as well as uh, every believer to know the voice of the Lord Jesus. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, it takes obedience. I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. We have fellowship then with the Lord. As that is in Revelation 4 verse 1, it's not the rapture. John is stating that door is open in heaven and there's a voice of a trumpet talking with him. Then come up hither. I'll show you things. Those are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This is the true word of God. Then the book of the Revelation, which we must enter into now, as those things are now being revealed in all truth, not in the season of Pentecost, which was certainly a truth 2,000 years ago, and certainly it was given to us in the former reign. But now, much more is expected. To whom much is given, much is required. We're in that third day now. We're in that third season of tabernacles, which consists of three feasts, the Rosh Hashanah. That is the Feast of Trumpets. It's a new year. It's a new thing. It's a new wine. And it is a radical change from Pentecost. Then it takes us to Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Then the final Feast of the Lord, the Feast of Trump, the Feast of, of Tabernacles, or the Feast of Ingathering, the Feast of Sevens, the Feast of Prophecy. So we go from the Feast of Trumpets, Yom, the Rosh Hashanah, to Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, to the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Ingathering, of all nations, to the Lord Jesus Christ. The mystery of God's will from the foundation of the world has been to gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus. We see that in Ephesians 1. And that gathering together into one is one mind, one accord, in the unity of the faith. There's over 23,000 different denominations in Christianity. But the Lord said he would gather all things together in one. Not division not heresies or denominations, but one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who's above all, Father of us all, and in us all. We're in these days now. What is the work of the ministry that we are called for? It's a Jesus ministry. But that ministry will be radically changed from, as we saw in Pentecost, why will it be such a radical change? 
as we see in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5, we see four and 20 seats in heaven, which are four and 20 elders. And before the throne are four beasts, lion, man, calf, and eagle. These are the four zoe, the four living creatures. The same that we see in Revelation 11. Revelation 11 states that he will give power unto his two servants. And those, he said, will be the two olive trees and the two candlesticks. Well, we know the candlesticks of the churches. The two olive trees. And there's been many speculate as to who the two witnesses are. When the Lord has already given us the spiritual significance and revelation of who it is. The two witnesses. In John 8, verse 13, they came to Jesus, the Pharisees, and said, Jesus, you bear a record of yourself. Your record's not true. Jesus said, though I bear a record of myself, my record is true because I'm not alone. Now, all they can see is Jesus. They see a man standing there. They don't see any other man except Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm one that bear record of myself. And my father that sent me, he beareth record of me. Jesus goes on and explains. And now he changes that record to testimony and two witnesses. He's telling us in Revelation who the two witnesses are. He says there, it is written in your law, the testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth witness. Now he goes from record to witness. I'm one that beareth witness of myself. That's one witness. The body, Jesus in the days of his flesh, the body manifests, God manifests in that flesh. All the fullness of the Godhead dwelleth in Christ Jesus bodily, one body, the body of Christ. And Jesus Christ manifests in the flesh. And he said, the other man, that other witness, is my father that sent me. He beareth witness of me. There's the two witnesses. They said, where is your father? They didn't understand it. They didn't understand the proclamation, the revelation, the truth that Jesus was stating there that the testimony is of two witnesses, which is one, the body of Christ, and two, the Spirit of God. And the days of his flesh, Jesus said that to the disciples, I'll pray the Father send you another comforter, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you, he's in the days of his flesh, and shall be in you, future tense. I will not leave you coverless. I will come to you. Jesus stating that when his glory is glorified, he will be that spirit that will come. Christ in you, the hope of glory, being filled with the Holy Ghost, the spirit of Christ in you, the hope of glory. There, Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This he spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given. Why? Because Jesus was not yet 
glorified. When he's glorified, though he's in the days of his flesh, he's working as a man, made in under the law, made of a woman. Galatians 4, verse 4, that he might redeem us that were under the law. He's one of us. He's our kinsman redeemer. But then in his glory, going back to where he was before, as he stated before Pilate, what and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend back up to heaven where he was before. You see, the Son of Man in John 3.13, as Jesus stated, no man has ascended up to heaven. Not Elijah, not Enoch, no one. There's a revelation there. But Jesus has the preeminence in all things. And he states, no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And Jesus standing there right before his disciples in the flesh, stating that he is in heaven. We, in the body of Christ, have our conversation now seated in heavenly places. And we find in Revelation 4, and Revelation 5, there's four and 20 seats. And these four and 20 seats are the seats where we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In our spirit, that we are now come boldly before the throne. And there we can ask and come boldly before the throne of Jesus. Not as it was in the Old Testament. The way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest. But Jesus broke down the middle wall of partition and the veil, that is to say, his flesh, allowing us boldness to enter within. Now we, God in sundry times and divers manners, speaking to the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to all of us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. So it's the voice of the Son of God. It's the voice of that shepherd, the great shepherd over the sheep, Jesus Christ. My sheep know my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. So we're not in Pentecost. If we stay in Pentecost, we're backsliding because the light is far greater now shining in the new season of tabernacles. That's the reason why Jesus stated in Revelation, the second and third chapter, to every church, thus saith the Lord. And he's speaking the voice of the Lord to each of the angels of the seven churches. Why? Because it's a new thing. It's to the overcomer, not to the newborn baby that desires and sincere muck of the Lord they may grow thereby. It's not to the little children that have known that he is the father. And of course, that's a great revelation. But he expects now going on to full maturity, fully grown, a perfect man, unto the perfecting of the saints. And he states there to the church at Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamon, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Thus saith the Lord, when he speaks, every one at every church, the first thing he says is the voice of the Lord coming to each church in the new thing. 
the words of the book of this prophecy, what it is to be an overcomer, not just a believer, but a higher glory in young men because they're doing the will of God. Notice in the church at Ephesus, Revelation 2, he says, uh, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand. When he addresses each church, he says, This is the voice of the Lord. This is my voice to you that must be obeyed. And then the very next thing he says to each church, I know thy works. The works that accompany salvation, not the works of the law, but the righteousness of God by faith shown by works, works that accompany salvation. What do you call me, Lord, Lord, and do not the things I tell you. With your mouth you draw close to me, but your heart is far away. So it's out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And the know the voice of God, the sheep know his voice, a stranger they will not follow, that we must hear the voice of the Lord in order to overcome. And he's looking for works. I know thy works. He says the same in Ephesus. He does the same in Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira. Sardis, he says, I know thy works and have not found them perfect. He's looking for perfect works, totally overcomers, and says they will be the ones rewarded. Then we go to this heavenly vision. It is a vision in tabernacles, a new season, a higher glory, not a rapture. Revelation 4.1. We see that in Revelation 4. And I'm reading, and it says, And I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. It's not a rapture. A door's open. And the first voice which I heard, there's that voice of the Lord again, that must be obeyed. The voice of uh, that first voice which I heard was it, as it were of a trumpet, not a cornet, flute, harp, not smooth, sackbolt, sultry, or dulcimer, that will charm a snake, a trumpet call, which runs all the snakes away. You'll find that very few want to hear the true word of God. They want to hear something less. In Mr. Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth, we can see in Daniel 3, verse 5, verse 10, and verse 15, that there are alternate sounds that will not pierce the heart like this trumpet the true voice of God. The true voice of God is a voice of authority. It's a voice of the Holy Ghost. It's a voice of the Lord Jesus Christ that must be obeyed. Well, it starts with a cornet. Well, it sounds much like a trumpet, but it will not hit the clarion high piercing note, voice of God. John is hearing the voice of a trumpet a clarion piercing voice of God that pierces the heart and the spirit. And it is a new thing. Why is God speaking? Because it is a new thing that we must hear and obey to be overcomers and then have the final sealing of Revelation 7 of the servants of God in our foreheads, the mind of Christ. 
Those are the ones that have entered into all truth, not partial truth, all truth. Because there he says, the fathers in 1 John 2, 12 through 14, I write unto you fathers because you've known him that's from the beginning. That's the word of God. That's all truth. In the beginning was the word, the word with God, the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And the fathers know him that's from the beginning. They know the word. And that's the reason the beast have eyes before and behind. Before of things that's going to happen in, the, in this testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy, knowing those things that are coming upon the earth, that we will be tried as by fire. And behind, knowing that all the things that have happened in the revelation of Jesus, both Old and New Testament, they have all truth. That is the thing that is imperative and essential for the servants of God to be sealed in their foreheads. Not staying in a Pentecostal former reign, but going on up into this higher glory Definitely not Pentecost, but tabernacles. And that's the reason it's sevened all through the book of the Revelation. We find seven angels to the seven churches. We find seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials. We know the sevens is the perfection, God's perfect number. It's coming unto perfection. And it goes on until the seventh feast of the Lord the Moed, the divine appointments of God with man. And we have it revealed to us in the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass and signified it. That is a sign of the sealing. Sign is the seal and is signified it by his angel unto John. We are in these days now. Who has an ear to hear? what the Spirit is saying to the churches. The work of God, the work of the ministry, will be in the seals, trumpets, and, of course, the vows. When the Word of God goes in power, and demonstration of the Holy Ghost, into all the world for a witness of all nations, then the end will come. We find that in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5, there, John sees what the voice of the Lord is saying in this higher glory. It has a voice of a trumpet talking with him, a clarion voice, not a Pentecostal voice, but a new season of the voice of the Son of God, the Lamb of God. We find here, he says, it's a voice of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither. Higher glory, not rapture. How do we know that? No wings of, of an eagle there. No, we're mounting up. No, it's not sending his angels and gathering together his elect. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. It's revealing to us things. Faith is the substance of things so far. The evidence of things not seen. Well, it says here, it says, come up hither and I will show thee things. Though it's a revelation of Jesus Christ in the last season of God, not the rapture, 
but the final glory to be revealed in the saints of God in the work of the ministry, which we are all called for, which must be hereafter. This is definitely not Pentecost. This is John going into the throne room, seeing this higher glory that is before the throne. And that's the reason why in Revelation 12, there's a great wonder in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and moon and under her feet, upon her head a crown of 12 stars. That's not Mary. How do we know? Because she brings forth a man child, caught up to God to his throne, right there where John was seeing this revelation, the revealing of Jesus Christ. But we see the living creatures, and we see the four and 20 elders. That's the church of the living God. That is those that were prepared and being prepared for the work of the ministry. We find in Revelation 6, in the white, red, black, and pale horse rider, that they are the ones saying, come and see. They're the ones proclaiming it because nothing will happen. God does nothing till he shows his servants, the prophets. He will do no, no thing except he reveal it to his servants, the prophets. The prophets in the body of Christ in the last days, not an office of a prophet because he's already told us. It's for every saint to know individually the work of the ministry. We have that in Hebrews 1 verse 1. God in Sunday times and divers manners spake unto the fathers by the prophets. He had to have a prophet. Hath in these last days, how does he speak to us now? Hath in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he's appointed heir of all things. My sheep know my voice. John as now hearing that voice and showing us, the servants of God, things which must shortly come to pass. We must receive these things and walk in this light as he's in the light. Then we will be sealed. That final sealing, the final glory. And that's where we are now. This is not the rapture. This is the higher revelation in the last season of tabernacles in the feast of trumpets. And that's the reason we have a voice of a trumpet talking with John saying, come up hither and I'll show you things, these things which must come to pass hereafter. These things are the things of faith. It's the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And God is preparing that body now, right now. Now, I want to bring to you that if you feel that God is doing something more and you feel there's something more for you to enter into. You may just be a believer. You may be a pastor. You may be a prophet, apostle, whatever. But if you feel the Lord dealing with you and saying, yes, it's true. We would love to have you contact us and where we become one in the unity of the faith with you because God is putting his body together now. It must come together. The hearts of the children to the fathers, the fathers to the children. God said, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. It has to be gathered together in one, as one unit, one body. The church of the living God, the ecclesia. But therefore, give us a call. And we would love to meet you. Some would even say we would love uh, 
Brother Beard, we have questions we'd like for you to come. We have a tent, a gospel tent that will seat 3,000 people. Be glad to come to your area. But somebody said, well, there's COVID. We can't do that. Well, we have a bus also, a ministry bus where we carry our minister. And we can come to your area with one of our small teams and there proclaim this word a night or two with you. All you have to do is give us a call. Or you can write to me. Either way, we'll make contact because God is placing his body together now. It's so important that the body of Christ comes into the unity of the faith. Why? For the edifying of itself in love, of which ever joint supplies. The bone must come together with a bone in order to have a joint. And when we do, and the joint through that joint supplies, through that supply of the Spirit, through the edification of itself in love. The body of Christ will then be edified and lifted up. And God said, in that third day, I will raise you up and you will live in my sight. We're being raised up edified in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we want to hear from you. There's a great work. Cherubim's not angels. You can go to your commentaries and talk about uh, some uh, angelic force or these are symbolic uh, uh, mystical creatures. No, it's the body of Christ in a higher glory. The cherubim of glory are the olive trees. They're the olive trees overlaid with gold, which are the cherubim made of olive trees in 1 Kings 6.23. God's doing it now. We'd love to hear from you. Write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. If you would like to have a meeting, you'd like for us to come and meet you, or you'd like to have a one-night seminar where we can have question and answers, we'd be glad to have a symposium, have a conference, and with a question and answer for this truth to come out and answer any questions you might have. You can message us on the websites, sealinggodspeople.com, sealinggodspeople.org, or dennisbeard.org. We'd love to hear from you. I look forward to hearing from you, either your letter or a message, if you go to the websites and give me your contact information, I'll contact you. And if you'd like to have a meeting, simply state that. We love to come and be with you. Doesn't have to be a two or three week crusade. It can be where we just meet and have one night. We have a ministry bus. We'd be glad to come there and meet with you uh, there uh, on our bus. Anything that we can do to help you for this body of Christ to come into one, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus, and to a perfect man, we're here for you. We're servants to the body of Christ. Well, we thank God for your prayerful support and your generous donations whereby we can bring and keep the podcast on the air. We pray for over every offering of 30, 60, 100 fold manifest and uh, multiplied back to you. God multiply your seed so. Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold the real Jesus.